I went out to have a bat just the other day. I had no idea what was coming my way. I played a chanceless innings and I earned every run. And I made a hundred in the backyard at Mum's. G'day, cricket lovers, cricket nuffies. I'm Jack Bannister. Welcome to a Bev in the Shed. It's a celebration of all that is good about Test cricket, brought to you by the People's Game and Sporting Chance magazine. And joining me in the illustrious surrounds of my living room is the doctor himself, Jacob Jusen. Jacob, how are you? Wonderful. It's great to be here. Now, I haven't seen you since. Well, I have seen you since grand final day because we watched the cricket together yesterday. But previous to that, I hadn't seen you since the war. And I was told at the start of this podcast not to mention the war, but I couldn't help myself. So how have you been since grand final day? Uh, Slowly picking up the pieces, it's fair (laughs) to say. Um, Still, yeah, still haven't gotten over it. Don't know when I will. Um, Maybe when the next season starts, take my mind off it. And how how has Test Cricket helped you recover from from the pain? A lot, because it takes my mind off it. Although it seems to be just as painful at times after some of the shots we saw today. Which brings (laughs) us to today, because it was death by a thousand cuts or an attempt to die by a thousand cuts. Travis Head holding out to third man to a 7-2 field Mm. was probably the pinnacle. Um, before we get into that, I just want to tap into your experiences of watching cricket. So what sort of cricket watcher are you? A very relaxed one, I think, most of the time. I can yep. do, I'm one of those people that will have it on in the background at all times. And then most of the time, I'll probably be actually sitting down watching it. But if I've got stuff to do, I'm very happy to have it on in the background and just take it all in. Can, I'm one of, yeah, like you and like most of the people that you'll have on this podcast, I can... I'm very happy to sit and watch five days worth of cricket and not move. So, so, um, so yeah, I, I love it and I will continue to watch it. Um, and I've loved, I mean, this series has been amazing. It's been so good. And I think, you know, all the talk about Smith and Warner being out has made it even more interesting. And luckily for us, we're still a chance to, you know, play a big part in the series and maybe even win it, but we'll see. What did you make of the opening test in Adelaide? India deserved to win, and and they did obviously. And I think the I think our scores in both innings were probably a little bit higher than what they could have been, just because our tail is decent. Um, and that's probably that's probably the difference between the two, two sides in a batting sense. Well, that and Coley. Um, and our but our, you know our bowling was good. It always will be um, with those three quicks and Lyon. Um, and our just watching the replay there. And our um, and our top six is always going to be the problem. Going to be the problem. Which I mean, and and that's and that's been that was the difference in the first test is that they had Pajara make runs in both innings, mm. make big runs in both innings. Um, we, you know, didn't have enough contributors, and that was pretty much pretty much it. The bowling attacks both bowled quite well, and I think if they get Shaw back in particular, they start to look like they've got uh, an opener, a three, a four. Probably you'd include Rahani in that. So they look yeah. to have more, maybe four or five batsmen who can go big, whereas yeah. at the moment we don't really look like we've had anyone. We've had a lot of yeah. a lot of 50s and contributions in this match, but no one really yet well, the, has gone on with it. The guy the guy we thought would was our lock, Kawaja. Has only just has turned up. Just, yeah, just started yeah. to look good. You know, Harris has probably looked the best of all the all the top can you, Across all three innings. Yeah, like, yeah absolutely. Played um, really... I, I mean, I... Um, haven't seen Gordon since 
I, but I said that I thought he looked every bit the test opener and that yeah. he made 70 in the first dig. Gordon yeah. was a bit more speculative. But I think um, he's averaged 50 in first-class cricket for the last two years. Yeah. And pretty much every innings in the Shield this year coming into the test summer, he got a start yeah. at the very least. So he was getting a lot. He got obviously the massive 200, but he also got a couple of 60s, a 70, yeah. Yeah. a couple of 40s. Like he was very unlikely to totally fail. Yeah. Um, and even uh, today's probably, well, I wouldn't say it was a total failure, but... Yeah. Um, was probably one of the few digs where he's gone super cheaply without sort of getting still, any start. And, I mean, still made 20 and went out to yeah. a pretty good nut. Yeah. You know, boom um, bowling very well. So And obviously got clocked in the head yeah. pretty early on as well. Yeah. Um, so the start of this test match, um, there's a lot of talk about the pitch um, mm. and the, particularly the grass that was on it. But it, by lunch on day one, it kind of looked like India had been spooked somewhat into playing four quicks, perhaps yeah. unnecessarily. In yeah. retrospect, how do you think that decision looks after three days of cricket? Uh, well, I mean, I guess they didn't have Ashwin anyway. Um, so I guess mm. the, the question is... Should they have gone Jadeja? Do they bring there? Jadeja yeah. in as well um, and not bring in Yadav? And you'd probably say at this stage, yeah, they you know because Yadav hasn't been amazing. Um, by any stretch. No, he's he been was, the weak link. Yeah, Definitely. he was all right in the first innings, but his leap runs in, in this innings. Yeah. Um, and then, but I mean, their other three quicks have been pretty good. Yeah. Um, but they've relied heavily on Bahari as well to, to chew up a few yeah, overs. Yeah. And, and he was bowling noticeably at the end of the day. And Bahari took two wickets because of that, you know, variable bounce and yeah. you know, and whatnot in the pitch, which, you know, someone like Jadeja, would, yeah. you would think would have exploited a bit better like yeah. Lyon did in... And yeah, line having five is probably, in retrospect, you'd look at the way that India went at the selection table. And Bahari wasn't too bad with the bat, but um, you'd probably look at it and say that they probably should have gone with Jadeja. Yeah, yeah. Um, Although Jadeja's record outside of ages, not amazing. But, yeah, looking at the results so far, you think they probably should have gone with him. Yeah, but also just looking at... Um, that pitch on the first day, Lyon would have been licking his lips. Yeah, and well, so and as as it turned yeah. out, he would have been pretty happy with as, how he bowled. As Warney always says, if it seems, it spins. So and people often green. forget that Warney's best test ground was the Gabba, yeah, yeah, which is traditionally a seamer. Yeah, but it, it is that, and particularly the way that Lyon bowls. If you have variable bounce, that's yeah. where he's going to cause a lot of problems. It's not it's flight as much as side spin, and um, got, yeah, that overspin that he gets, and and. And and I guess the other bonus of it is because the pitch is breaking up and the footmarks have been there since just about day one. Yeah. Like lines, yeah, as you said, been licking his lips looking at those, so and it worked well for him. And there's a lot of um there's a lot of cracks. Like you've seen at the intervals during the test match, you'll just get fast bowlers, Justin Langer, batsmen just drifting out to have a look. Mm-hmm. Really like peculiarly. And every, yeah. no one's really been able to um totally get a read on it. Yeah. Um but it has been, I mean, there's obviously, and it's been much written about by a lot of the, the newspaper writers, that that um, unpredictability of it being the first test match at Optus Stadium. Mm-hmm. There's only one Shield game, which I think Nathan Lyon took a five for in that Shield game did, at this yeah. stadium. So had a really good in, but there was that level of unpredictability. So yeah. no one really knew what to expect. Yeah. And then everyone saw the grass the day before, and clearly they obviously cut it like that night. Yeah, but it yeah. was very, very green. Very green. Um, so that first morning... Um, Finch and Harris looked amazing, but no tons. Uh, to say Finch looked amazing is probably a bit of an overstatement <laughs> yeah, yeah. as well. Yeah. Oh, but, you know, you've got to get there. And, and I mean, and even even today, probably similarly, like he was shaky to start mm. with and played and missed a lot. And, but then he started to look good and then unfortunately, you know, whacked his finger. But, um, but yeah, you know, it was, it was just good to get a 
what they put 112 or something. It was yeah. it was just good to have a decent partnership. And potentially even now, I know it seems like a long time ago, but three days into the match, it's probably still the definitive partnership. Almost. Yeah. yeah. Um, other than Coley and Rahani's partnership yeah. uh, that sort of started yesterday and carried over into this morning. Um, but obviously, I mean, my concern with Finch was that he probably felt like he was lucky to get to 50. Yeah, like I yeah. never quite felt like he was going to get to 100. And that might be a bit harsh because the stat that I sort of told you when you walked in earlier was that I think Hazelwood yesterday beat the bat one of every four balls. Yeah, yeah. So there's been a lot, and even today, like there's been an obscene amount of plays and misses. Yeah. Like, Boomer just can't find an edge. He's yeah, bowling well, and, too well. And that's the thing. There's been a lot, as you said, there's been a lot talked about the pitch um, because it's, it has been doing a fair bit. But I think, and I think what the good bats have done, you know, like Coley, if it hits a crack and seems a mile, you just, you know, you're not going to hit it. And but, then, yeah. so then you just play it on its, every other ball on its merits. And that's what he, that's how he scored 120. So, um, and yeah, so Finch was probably a bit lucky that he played and missed it a few in the first and second innings, but that's what, Probably all of them have done. And there were balls that were, I don't think you could hit them. Like you, They were just impossible to hit at times. Like you wouldn't be able to get an edge on some of them. They were doing so much yeah, yeah, off exactly. the pitch in terms of the variability. And we saw that sort of in the last, that Australian innings was really a case of getting in the trenches. Like Finch has obviously gone off to hospital to get scans on his finger. Yeah. Kawaja copped a couple. Harris mm. copped one on the noggin. Yeah. Um, Payne copped one on the finger really straight up, which just makes everyone grimace when it's Tim Payne. Uh. Um it was. It's been a. It was a really fighting day, um, and of course, to just sort of rewind a step, um, I guess the the most enthralling session of this test match was the the middle session mm. yesterday, which I think Australia got one wicket early in the session. Yeah, yeah. Um, to then, having near two for eight, and yeah. then it was Pajara and Coley, and Australia threw everything at Coley. Cummins bowled super tight lines. He got off early because they bowled quite full at him, and they yeah. then tightened the lines up. And what was a mate? What was probably really impressive is they dried him up. And then they still couldn't get him out. Yeah, exactly. He was just an immovable object. Yeah, and that and but that's what you know what the good players do. Well, not um, even the good players, like the the very insanely good, yeah. good players. And like, but Pajara did that in the first test, and he made his hundred and twenty. Like he, he was you know twenty off a hundred balls yeah. and not doing a lot. But then eventually, you know, if you just stay out there, you wear him down. That's what Coley did. Um, so and Australia have tried to do it, but have just you know head players. The shot he played today and things like that. Hopefully, Kawaja can do it. He's looking yeah. solid enough. So, if he puts away the cut shot, but um, but yeah, yeah, Coley, as you said, that session yesterday that sort of separated the men from the boys, and and Coley stood up pretty well. Yeah, and it's just come up on the screen: two hundred fifty-seven balls for one hundred twenty-three, which is slow for Coley. Even Rahani chewed up one hundred five balls yeah. for fifty-one. So there's a little bit of a feel like you're just kind of looking at the batting numbers across the first and the second test. There's a bit of um almost baseball logic in the way that the batsmen are batting in the mm. sense that you just want to make the bowlers bowl more balls. Yeah, Very much in baseball, yeah. you just want to up the pitch count. Yeah. You know, have your hitters taking 10 pitches at an at-bat, yeah. you know, fouling pitches off, etc. Um, and there's a real feel of that. And that was probably what was so frustrating about Australia's batting to end this day was that there was just, there's two days left in the test match. Yeah. There's no yeah. problem with time. I said to you, if they bat until lunch tomorrow, they'll yeah. nigh on be unassailable. Yeah. Um, so to see them aggressively chasing cut shots to seven two fields, yeah. I don't think there's anything more frustrating than that. Well, I think, yeah, I think the head one is is an interesting one because I think he's just always going to play that shot, like he's he's a compulsive cutter. But it's 
and if, I guess if he's going to do that, then he's got to get on top of it. He can't just he can't be as carefree mm. as he usually is, especially if you got a third man there. Yeah, we had no control. Yeah, it was the sort of shot that was meant to go for six over third man. Yeah, like, it was a it was a t twenty or one day. Yeah. Like, let's get this thing moving. If I hit the bejeebas out of this, yeah. but they clearly just and to me that's where like. It's a massive test of the ego, but yeah. that's where Coley didn't fail. When yeah. Australia bowled really good lines, yeah. he just said, oh, you know what? I'm just not going to hit these. It, yeah. 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 If it's not right there for me to hit yeah. a cover drive and it's right in my slot, I'm yeah. just going to leave it. And so everyone talks about how great the cover drives he hit were, but the important thing to his innings was actually the ones that he abstained from. Yeah, yeah. And that was where head, like, cut that the ball you don't play. if you can get in control, yeah, but he yeah. just, like, he couldn't. And, he was yeah. and then you watch the ball fucking land on Sharma's throat. Mm. And I, like... <laughs> I don't know. It was it was honestly a case of like, what can I throw at the TV? Yeah. It's an immediate. Reach. Every time you, every time they replay it, there's you've got to clear out the lounge, make sure there's nothing I can grab. And then Kawaja, much the same, nearly caught out, cutting it slip. Yeah, and they very much set a really unorthodox field with a gully and a backward point. Yeah, and a they slip had, for him. Well, they had three in that yeah. little, little area for for that that shot, and it was just yeah. I mean, it's a tough, always going to be a tough catch. So I was just lucky he hit it hard enough that he could yeah. catch it. But even there, it's probably. I know Vahari sort of troubled our left-handers, but the absence of Ashwin for someone like Kawaja who yeah. struggled to... He, yeah. So it was about one boundary in 200 balls he'd had for three innings in the series until this fourth innings that he's come in in. Yeah. And um, you basically, he just couldn't score. And yeah. so not having Ash... And Ashwin was a huge part of that. Yeah. So that's where I kind of wonder whether they did miss a trick. And I know you can't you know, help Ashwin having a side strain. Yeah. But that was a stroke of luck that the Australian left-handers potentially needed to get into the series, particularly Kawaja. Yeah, definitely Kawaja. He's always, I mean, apart from that innings in the UAE, he's always, you know, it's been well-documented his struggles against off-spin. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I think, I mean, and Vahari's probably troubling him enough, to be honest, but he's doing, he's doing, he looked a lot more comfortable than he, than he did against Probably him. for the first time in this series. And I, it was funny because everyone came into the series. So Kawaja was our lock. He was like our definite pick. If Smith and Warner are fit, he's the only batsman in the top... Sorry, if Smith and Warner are available for selection. Yeah. He's the only batsman in our top six that's a walk-up start in yeah. that 11 yeah. with everyone available. Um, and that, after the first test, you kind of looked at that and went, well, actually, like, yeah. he's been outplayed by... And then even in the first innings, he's yeah. been outplayed by you know a lot, like a lot of the batting order. Yeah. Um, so you probably started to question that. And this innings was probably... Got him... Back towards that, he had to graft a little bit. He's not been like as fluid. But that's good. I mean, that's yeah, that's what has to happen. You know, when you're not in your, you know, when you're not in your best form, um, then you know you've got. That's what you know. That's like I remember back when Hayden was couldn't couldn't make any runs, and everyone's like, oh, he'll just hit a quick fire hundred and he'll get out of his funk. But he actually made a hundred off about two fifty balls in India, I think it was, and and you know got back into the groove that way. So. But yeah, so hopefully he does go on and make 100 because we need... I just want someone to make 100. I, yeah. I, I'm really happy when we make 100. So. But it's it's a sign of the way that the pitchers have played and they've been really good, really conducive to good test cricket because there hasn't been... So Coley's the only 100 in the series so far other than Pajara's. Yeah. But neither of those batsmen got away. Yeah. Really? Yeah, like, yeah. So there was no point where they were scoring a runner ball and taking the game away in yeah. a split second. Probably the closest was Pajara that third session on day one yeah. in Adelaide when he or Coley yeah. sort of at, at different points. But, yeah. you know, they they still weren't They still had to work time. through. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, And so what it really has done is it's rewarded batsmen who have the ability to change gears, to go up a gear, go down a gear, depending on how the bowlers are bowling. Mm-hmm. And the I guess the reward of the 100 for both of those players has been up there. But also, like I guess, for someone like Harris, who was Australia's 
biggest score other than I think, well, the biggest score in this test match got 70 and then got yeah. the offer. You know, and so that kind of happens as yeah, well. Is that, that'd be just about our biggest score for the series. Ed, I think, it? got 73. Oh, I did too. Yeah, Ed yeah. got slightly further into the 70s. But yeah. but yeah, and that's probably the next... I mean, this has been, you know, getting past 300 was a well-documented, something that we weren't doing. Yeah. So that's a sort of a tick. Yeah. Um, the next step then is, and I said this again yesterday, like if you are an Indian batsman and you have Coley and he's, you know, 40 not out, you're just going, well, he's a banker for 120 yeah, years. Yeah, yeah. You know, so it changes the whole dynamic of the thing. Australia mm. don't have, and this is probably why Kawaja in this innings and going forward in the series could be so important if you can find form because yeah. he could be that player yeah, that Australia need who comes in and he's your lock to get something. And uh, yeah, we we yeah, we just need someone to go on. But I mean, having said that, like we could get a few blokes even in this innings. If we scratch our way to a lead of 260, it might, there's a fair chance it'll be enough. So we don't necessarily need 100 in this innings either, but it'd be nice for someone just to yeah. to go on. But, but as, as you were saying before, like the pitchers have been conducive to good test cricket because it's offered something to the bowlers. And I think that's what's been great about test cricket this year is that the scores haven't, you know, we haven't had, you know, every bat going out. Like remember when we played the Windies and Marsh and Voges have put on a 3,000 run partnership and like boring. great, great for record breaking and all that. Well, and for Mitch Marsh. Ter- well, yeah, but it's terrible for test cricket. And this year's been phenomenal. Like you've had some of the best test matches, and it's because the really good batsmen get the runs. So Coley's still, you know, averaging over sixty this year. Williamson as well. Um, but it's the yeah, it's the best batsmen are making the runs, and the best bowlers are taking the wickets, and the rest just have to dig deep and you know, graft. Good cliche, yeah. Um, to try and get the get the job done. And so you're seeing score, you know, first inning scores of three hundred, which are actually now enough, you know, enough to be a very competitive total. Yeah, and Gordon and I have said this sort of on the cricket chats already, like 350 should be a birdie or a par, ideally. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. And then you do start to get that differentiation of, like, test hundreds don't just grow on trees. Yeah, like you don't which have, they had been yeah. recently. Well, you yeah. don't have Mitch Marsh making 190 on a row. Yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah. I, I'm sort of good at knocking on Marsh, <laughs> but, but, yeah, I mean, you don't want those runs coming cheap. Yeah, um, and I feel like too many Australian summers have been too one-sided, and I kind of wonder with this series, even with particularly Smith, mm. I don't know how different. I I just think that would make it marginally more even. I would yeah. love to know how he yeah. would have gone with these pitches because, I mean, he's like he's gun. His hand eyes ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, he's a gun. Let's not let's not deny that. But he has made a lot of runs in the last couple of series where we have produced roads. You mm. know. Um, and I mean, he, and he has made runs in other situations. Don't get me wrong, but I'd love to see. You know, it'd be yeah. that's you know that's the one thing. You're not seeing Coley v Smith, yeah. but you know, and that's whatever. That's another yeah. another scenario. But um, but yeah, it would be interesting to see how he'd respond to something that Coley just did. You know, in the last mm. innings. And we said today, and probably an interesting discussion point. Coley seemed to be chasing a little bit with the field positions that he was putting into play. I don't know what you yeah. thought of the overall tactics that they employed. Yeah, I think that's been sort of what he does. Um, and I, I, mean, I mean, I think in the second innings, he's probably done it a bit more than, you know, mm. even more noticeable, probably because he's aware of the fact that, you know, they're already 40 runs behind on the first inning. So he can't, he can't leak afford runs, to yeah. leak those runs. So, but, and it, you know, and, and, and it's, it's sort of worked in a, in a way as well. You know, they tie down head by, by putting fielders where he's hitting it. And then eventually he, 
has yeah. sort of lashes out. And so you it's said not that, necessarily the worst idea. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I mean, you said that it was 7-2 field to head, bowling outside off something was defensive. But if the bloke is stupid enough to take yeah. the bait, yeah. then it's it's not really defensive. Yeah, exactly. That's the it thing. Turned like, out to be very, it, very it turned good out idea. to be quite good captaincy. And yeah. I, I mean, I'm surprised that we haven't had a third man in for longer periods in this test match just yeah. because of even just the amount of... I mean, Australia have scored quite a few boundaries in this innings that they've just started, mm. but a lot of them are off the edge. Yeah. Like, and there's yeah. a lot of streaky runs. Especially and, on this pitch. Yeah, yeah, when you get one that lifts and it's like, okay, yeah, no, actually, like, that's just going to fly. Yeah. Like, it's, it is actually just have a third man. Like, yeah, yeah. I, and, and, there are, and there are guys for India that do, especially early in their innings, do go hard, like Rahani hit a couple of shots through third man when he got started, mm. and he started quite quickly because of that. Um, so, yeah, I think having a third man is not the worst idea. Yeah. Um, and, and it, yeah, it said it worked well for Colin. And I'd be interested to see with some of the Indian batsmen who are so good at whipping um, through mid-wicket, actually us trying or the Australians trying um, a similar sort of tactic and bowling a little bit wider of off stump and actually seeing if a 7-2 field can frustrate them a little bit. Yeah. Like, I'm not saying we should do it for long periods of time. Yeah. But it's to me, it's something that's worth trying because if you can get away from the strength or the traditional strength off the pads. Yeah. I don't think that plays against us. Yeah, yeah. And and maybe maybe it will bore obviously as you said it didn't didn't bore Cole enough because he's so good, but maybe it'll bore someone like Rahani earlier in his innings. Yeah, or a pant. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like, well yeah, yeah. Well, no doubt. Yeah. Exactly. He he actually in fairness, I've been very critical of Pant in that first test because I just you know, Test cricket and he was not playing Test cricket, but he actually batted at, you know, reasonably sensibly when today, yeah. today when because when he was out there with Coley, you know, it was very much um, like I've just got to hang around until you know mm. Coley goes out, and then once Coley went out, he did try and like bat with the tail, and he batted, you know, he got a few, yeah. a few, you know, handy runs at the end. So I actually thought he batted all right. And yeah, he, yeah, he, was, he had to bat like that. He had to. Well, he end, yeah. has to bat well. Because there's pressure on his keeping. I know he took 11 catches, but his keeping has been questionable. Yeah. And, and I've said to you, and I, I think Tim Payne has kept beautifully in this series. Um, someone tweeted earlier that Tim Payne needs to, um, it's time for him to show his medal on the field, which I just thought was so bizarre because the catch he took this morning off um, Lion, yeah. the cut catch, is the exact reason he's in the team. Oh, yeah. I don't think there's another keeper in the country that takes there's that. Not another, yeah, yeah. There's not a, another keeper in our country, and there's not many keepers in the world. No, like, it's just, just the, a probably the best catch. keeper in the world. And when you look at how he actually had to react to it off the bat, keeping up to the stunts, which is phenomenal. But that's a difference between the teams because Coley, not Coley, pants keeping does look... He gets into some odd positions yeah. when he's taking the ball. They were highlighting yeah. that with the, um, the Harris drop. Earlier yeah, today, yeah, when he, yeah. which when he was, was dropped going. slip, but he was miles inside yeah. it. We, that was a tricky one, though, because oh, absolutely, because of the angle around the wicket, yeah, he was already moving, and and most keepers would probably do what he did, but um, but there has been a lot of a lot of other times where, and they, they I think they highlighted similar things, like similar um, chances go down in England when he would yeah. just go one way too early. I think they feel he is a project. Yeah, he's yeah. a batsman keeper rather than a bats, but rather than a keeper batsman, yeah, which is essentially yeah. what Australia are picking. Um, yeah, and I, but I do think that, um, and I would love one of the cricket stats nerds, if any of them who are listening want to get on this, I'd love to know if there's an empirical measure of how many runs Tim Baines keeping is worth yeah. to Australia per test. Like it's hard to know. Yeah, well, well, they have similar metrics in baseball. Like, so yeah, they can okay. do it with, like, a left fielder and compare them. And so this left fielder will get to this ball and they grid the field and they do all yeah, this tricky okay. stuff. 
I'd love to see it done with cricket because I would love Cricket Australia in making that decision. Like, great, let's pick the best keeper. Yeah. But how much is that actually worth? Yeah. And as yeah. a runs as or a, a run. or the runs or a wickets yeah. percentage or whatever. Like so, because that's the thing. If you're getting, you know, Tim Payne's averaging 38 at test level. I was saying to my old man, he's averaging 38. But he, he's probably never going to make a hundred, and so. But does he add? But yeah, say, does he add so, an extra five or ten on top of that average because of his keeping? Well, well, yeah. Or is it more? Yeah, you know, yeah, or is it, it more, like yeah. do we overestimate the value of the keeping? Yeah. Do we underestimate well, it? I guess it depends yeah. who you're comparing him to. But like someone like Wade, who well, that's probably your most direct yeah. comparison because yeah. Wade's leading the, the Shield run scoring, yeah. and there was talk of oh, we could pick Wade as a batsman, maybe. Um, well, he's made a suite of half centuries, but in Hobart, so that's relatively impressive in the first yeah, half of the yeah, Shield yeah, season. 100%. But yeah, I, I don't think um, I'd love to know or see some really objective justification. Because in, in fairness to Wade, we, yeah, you know, it's been very well discussed that he's not an amazing keeper. He's not that bad either. It's hard to know. But it's hard to know. But, yeah. but that's the thing. But Payne's an exceptionally good keeper. And that's... Well, yeah, and that... Yeah. I, I don't sort of mind, and I've said this as well, with the length of our tail, I don't mind... Having and to be fair, Payne's generally certainly on recent form. He's a banker for thirty or forty. Well, that's the thing. I, I was actually at the start of this year. I was like, oh, I just don't like, you know, Payne's a great keeper. But I was like, oh, I'm just uncomfortable. I guess because I'm used to Gilchrist and Haddon coming in and making runs. Um, I was like, oh, just you know, I don't know about him at number seven. It makes our tail look very long. But yeah, he's made I think five fifties, no hundreds, and he still averages nearly forty. Yeah. So he, as you said, you can almost guarantee he's going to make. 30 or 40 in every yeah. innings, which is pretty handy. Which is, and that's where with a lot of batsmen, everyone, and I know Langer spoke about this with the non-selection of Maxwell. It's like, how much do you value hundreds versus average? Yeah. Because what you get with Tim Payne is you're not going to get like Sean Marsh where, okay, it's going to be less than 10 or 60 or 70. Um, so it's sort of, yeah, I don't know how much you value that actual consistency in a batsman. Yeah. What's more valuable? You know, do you want, if you could have an entire top order of blokes who average 50 and always make 50 yeah. as a fairly strong grouping, would you take that over blokes who are likely to make 200 but then could also make well, a dunk? This is, this is the exact like point about Sean Marsh versus someone else. <laughs> I don't, but the, the problem at the moment is that there's no, shiny, there's no real shining example of someone, apart from Harris who's already in the side, yep. that has been super consistent um, or shield like the whole shield summer. Like there, there's been guys like Doolan who's made a hundred and then a duck and a hundred and then a duck. And there's a few guys like that. Um, and, but Mark and, and Marsh at shield level has been very, very good. So that's why I've been picked and that's fine. Mm. But that's the thing. Like the thinking is, you know, if you make hundreds, doesn't matter what you do in any of the other innings, just make a hundred, you know, every three or four matches or whatever. And you're in the side cause you're making hundreds. Whereas it seems to, it seems to, you know, and that's mm. what the message you were getting from Langer when you said the reason we didn't pick Maxwell is because he's not making hundreds. It seems to diminish the value of the guy that does make forty or fifty or. 60. But then set, heads only made like six or seven first class hundreds. Yeah, yeah and, and so that that was always wildly inconsistent. Yeah, and that's and that's it. But I've, like, you can't really argue too much with head selection because no, he's no, been. No, yeah. Don't get me wrong, I rate him. Yeah, yeah. But because but, he's been consistently making runs at shield level, he might not be always getting to 100, but he's making the runs. And so mm. that's why, not that, and I'm not saying Maxwell should be picked because he unfortunately has not made enough runs recently, but... Um, well, he's also getting run out of the bowler's hand yeah, at various stages. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah there's an interesting tweet just up on the telly about Hans Coombe and 
Yeah, it's not good. We're going to move to the, the potential ins and outs. So yeah. uh, Finch might be done. So we might we're looking we're it. probably looking at Renshaw or Burns. Yeah. Um, take I, your pick. I'd prefer Renshaw. Yeah. Just like I mean because I think we're splitting hairs by picking either of mm. them. But Renshaw could be an opener for fifteen years. Like I think we you know I yeah that might be pushing it, but he could be an opener for a very long time. I think I think he should get first crack for at least three tests, mm. and then if he completely fails, then you pick Burns. And I'm kind of in favour of leaving Kawaja as is. Yeah, yeah, Kawaja. Because who? Then who do you put at three? If you move, yeah. Kawaja. And Sean Marsh has a terrible record when he goes up from four. Yeah, you can't. You, so you can't. I don't. Yeah, you can't have your number three making yeah. naught or a hundred. And I guess the other thing for the Melbourne Test. So it's very exciting to obviously be able to go watch Coley, but Priffy Shaw is a fair chance to come in for yeah, VJ because yeah. VJ's really been Mitch Stark's bunny. He's got him three. Well, I mean VJ. If Shaw's fit, he'll come in. Like, pretty yeah. no, no not doubt. Yeah. Well. I mean, yeah, Shaw's the next one to keep in your yeah. cricket. Um, so, the final thing we're going to do, uh, we are going to reflect on the Mitch Marsh potential selection in a minute. But first, we are just going to throw up a little bit of what I've coined. Uh, it's called Doctor Doctor. Oh, yeah. So, because we've got you, the doctor, in the studio, oh, I'm going to come and see you with some ailments that are probleming or troubling. Probleming. <laughs> wow, we. I'll, I'll diagnose you with the first. I might just go grab my English undergraduate degree <laughs> from my room just to make sure that no one's questioning me. Um, so, I'm just going to uh, read out a few ailments that are troubling some of the test players. So, Doctor Doctor. I am the Fremantle doctor. Yeah. <laughs> they should bring me and the WACA ground back to test cricket. Yeah. What I'll say to that is that I'm glad that no one's mentioning the Fremantle doctor anymore because you would hear it at least five times a session on the old coverage, uh, which is probably what the problem with the Fremantle doctor or what the Fremantle doctor is having a problem with at the moment. But, um, yeah, they could knock a stand down, I suppose. And that, that was the... The concern about this ground is that it's sort of a bit, you know, they said, oh, it's a bit fake and whatever, but if they filled it out, it'd be pretty awesome. Oh, we could do something radical like give them a Boxing Day test. Yeah. Doctor, doctor, I'm Travis Head. I've got a bad cut and I just can't (laughs) control it. Why can't I just give a little bit of time? Stop the bleeding. Stop the bleeding. Yeah, we've discussed that quite a bit. That was unfortunate. But I think he's a compulsive, like as, as I said, he's a compulsive cutter. That's his, that's his strength. It's whether, I guess his options are either to not play it at all, which I'm not sure he can do, or to learn that he, well, you know, to have enough self-control that he can at least try mm. and get on top of it. Well, it is risk-reward because he has to score. But yeah, getting caught yeah. out cutting at third man twice in a test match is a bit of a... Uh, yeah, and like they, they had the trap set. Like it was all, you know, we all saw what was yeah. happening. Um, and I think, yeah, and as you said, yes, he's got a score run. So probably there, just try and hit it on the ground. Might be a good idea. Mm. Maybe. Mm. Bradman never hit him in the air. Exactly. Doctor, Doctor, I'm Mitch Stark. I have finally found some rhythm, but maybe I would have had it in Adelaide if Cricket Australia weren't so obsessed yeah. with quotas of balls bold. Yeah. Why do they keep doing this to me? I don't know. You'd have to ask Mitch. Um, well, I don't like, you know, they're scared, you know, and there's good research behind it that um, with work with particularly, obviously fast bowling is the, the thing that puts the most stress on anyone's body in the world. Like it's the most ridiculous thing to do to your body. You No, I don't agree, but I probably don't bowl quick enough <laughs> to know. It's up, so. there, it's up there. But um, so, and yeah, there's good research around that, you know, 
changing your loads too much and going up on your loads too much and whatever, increase your risk of injury. And that's, and you know, and Stark's got form in that with his, you know, he's had foot problems before and stuff like that. So it's, you know, that's obviously why they kept him out of shield. But, but you know, all the commentators from the other side of the coin, you know, he he does look a lot better once he's had a few a few long form matches under his belt. So it's fine balance, and hopefully from now on he'll just keep taking taking poles. Uh, maybe not if Murali VJ gets the flip. Yeah, true. Doctor, doctor, I am Virat Kohli, and I was not out today. Yeah, well, I disagree because I'm Australian, but. Um, um, well, yeah, as I was saying before, like the camera's never going to be able to pick up whether that's out or not. It's infuriating to see because yeah. you can ba- – yeah, and as everyone on the TV coverage said, like if you're if you're Australian, you probably think it's out. If you're Indian, you probably yeah. don't think. Because yeah. you can see it bouncing and it's just a question of whether it's bouncing on finger and how much finger it's bouncing on relative to, to how, much how close together it yeah. is. You, and you can't get a camera angle that can definitively tell you. And, yeah, it, and that's – yeah, I don't, I don't know, and I don't know what the them. I'm not sure what the ICC law is on on catching. If it, as, as I was saying before, like if that flicks a blade of grass between his fingers, is that? I'm pretty sure, like it's a touch, like touch in AFL. Uh, if it touches any, like like any bit yeah, of grass, fingernail, you're, you're, like, you're, yeah. And but again, you're never going to know that, obviously, yeah. um, unless you hotspot the grass. No, I don't know. Um, I think we're getting too technical. <laughs> if we're trying to hotspot the grass, oh, they'll, they'll put sensors on the grass or something soon, but. But yeah, I mean, you know, Hanscom, and again, it sort of comes back to a bit of trust from yep. the umpires probably towards Hanscom. They were like, oh, it looks like he thinks he's caught it. Let's probably give the soft well, signal Well, it looked out in real time. And it did. And yeah, the soft signal was yeah, out. Yeah. So, uh, all right, I'm Aaron Finch. Will I be okay to <laughs> bat at number 10 one-handed in this innings? <laughs> I'd love to see it. It's happened. So I think it was Malcolm Marshall. That yeah, okay. broke his hand and came out and batted with one hand. Yeah, yeah, and I think it was his right hand, so he actually looked like he was playing tennis. Yeah, that's magnificent. So you get the light, get the lightest yeah. bat in the change rooms, yeah. and just block. Yeah, yeah. Well, and and I'd be a, it's interesting because he's because it'll be third innings. So unless we unless we lose, you know, five for not many tomorrow, we might not need it. Yeah, unless but, we lose, yeah, five for nothing tomorrow, then he probably doesn't need to. But it was his left hand that got hit? I think it was his bottom hand, wasn't it? Okay, uh, so I'll be batting with. Oh no, he'll just be batting with one with his top uh, hand. I have to forget which one. Didn't anyway. Either way, it didn't look very very nice. Um, do you remember when Graham Smith? Yeah, yeah broke yeah. his arm, and, and then Mitchell Johnson bowled one to hit the crack. Yeah, in the game. Yeah. So I don't know what. Can you bat? If you batted, so you obviously batted right handed in the first innings. Yeah. So Hinge, Hinge, Hinge is right handed. Yeah, 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 yeah. So if it's his top hand that's like. Sorry, his bottom hand is broken. Yeah. Can he turn around so he can bat one-handed, facing like left-handed, and use the bat like a tennis racket, but essentially be batting? Well, he's left-handed with the ball too, so maybe he'd be good. But at are you allowed to change the way you bat within a test match? I can't say that there's not. I think you could, as long yeah. as you, as long as you, you know, you have to declare it. Yeah, you would say oh, I'm batting left-handed today. Because oh, well, this was the argument about the whole switch hitting thing as well. Um, but could you end up happened. like not like if you were batting one-handed? Surely, hypothetically, you could end up. Batting straight on, like I'm not. This is very like Shibner So what happens then? Because then you don't have. The, if you don't know where leg stump is, how can you adjudicate LBW? Well, I think in that situation, you would, you would surely you would just have to nominate, wouldn't you? Well, you either nominate or the umpire would just say you've got no leg stump. Where it pitches, you can be at LBW. Like you, you, you can't have too. I'm gonna look that up. That All right, final one, Doctor Doctor. I am Tim Payne, and I cannot drive. Why do India insist on bowling short to me? Context to this one is that Payne scored. 
four of his first innings, 38 runs, um, behind cover and mid-wicket. Yeah, right. So he is the opposite of playing in the V. He plays in an inverted V. He plays v. in the inverted V. Yeah. Well, I mean, that sounds like a doesn't sound like a problem for Tim at the moment. I think he's trying to... Look at that India came out in this innings and started bowling short. Yeah, yeah. Well, it sounds... I mean, great. If he can't drive and they're not bowling it there, then great. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, he defends pretty well on the front foot. He and I guess drive. front foot you can nudge. Yeah. So you nudge those singles sort of to point and, you know, square leg and whatever. And I guess he just doesn't... Um, I don't know. I don't know. I'd love to see the pitch map from India to him. Mm. But as you said, if he's scoring all these runs you know, virtually behind square, then they're obviously... Don't know. Yeah, don't know. He's a bit of a... I mean, he's a deflector and a nudger and a nerdler now. Yeah, yeah. As opposed to the swashbuckler that he was pre-finger. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. When, I mean, I, have you seen the footage of it? It was fr- of his finger. frightening. Of yeah. His finger, like, yeah. Dirk, now, you just look at it, it was like, oh, my oh, God. Oh, man, yeah. Um, mm. Dirk used to be frighteningly quick, too. Yeah. Like, he played a World Cup for Holland, Dirk, now. Oh, did he? Yeah. Because no. he couldn't get in the Australian team, but he's a—I f- wouldn't mind him today. Yeah, limited yeah. overs bowler as well. He's yeah. a fair, fair held. All right. So, in celebration of Mitchell Marsh's potential return, <laughs> we are going to do a little reading of a play by Daniel Libke. Um, so, this one is from his book, *The Instant Cricket Library: An Imagined Anthology*, um, which is a book of I don't know various piss take cricket stories. This one is called The Importance of Being Mitch Marsh. I'm going to be Austin, you're going to be Steve. Um, in the opening, Steve. So the introduction to this. In the opening scene from the long-running play, the stage is set for a farcical series of escalating events. Act 1, Scene 1. Austin, a slick up-and-coming promotions officer at Cricket Australia, is meeting with his father, Steve, a two-bit toy maker in the latter's workshop to discuss the shipment of Mitch Marsh action figures he ordered for the Boxing Day test, which Mitch Marsh might now be playing in. So, Great. I'm Austin. Hey, Dad, CA is on my back about the action figures. Uh, sorry to hear that, son. No big deal. They just want to know how soon we can uh, get the merch. The merch? The Mitch merch. You mean the Marsh merch? The Mitch Marsh merch. Yes. How soon can I get it? Uh, March. March? March. The summer will be over by March. Mitch Marsh merch in March is no good to anybody. Well, I'm sorry, but I just can't make much more Mitch Marsh merch. Not until March. Dad, I need my Mitch March Mitch Marsh merch by next match or I'll lose my job. How much Mitch Marsh merch do you need? How much Mitch Marsh merch do you have? Two crates. Two crates? I know that's not too great. Two crates? What in the blazes is taking so long? Tour crates. What? The factory is having problems with the Mitch March machines. The Mitch Marsh Machinery's torque rates. Yes. And because of the Mitch Marsh Machinery torque rates, you only have two crates of Mitch Marsh merch. Yes. Maybe maybe we can mooch Mitch Marsh merch from somewhere else. What's on the shelf there? What, son? I said, what's on that shelf? Watson. Yes, what's on the shelf? Watson. Yes, Watson. No, no. It's Shane Watson, see? <laughs> Do you have much Shane Watson, Shane Watson merch? Crates and crates. Great. Do you think you can make this match Mitch? Match Mitch Marsh? Yes. We'd have to get rid of a lot of the hair. A Sean Watson? It's Shane Watson. Yes, a Sean Shane Watson, Watson to look like Marsh. Sean Marsh? No, not Sean Marsh, a Sean Mitch Marsh. Sean and Mitch Marsh? No, just Mitch Marsh. 
But Sean. Yes. But not Sean. No. Sure. Very sure. Okay. You'd end up with a mishmash of mismatched Mitch Marsh merch. A mishmash of Mitch... (laughs) (laughs) A mismatch. A mishmash of Mitch... Mismatched Mitch Marsh merch. Next match. Mollifies me much more than matched Mitch Marsh merch next March. That's easy for you to say. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, I made a hundred in the backyard at Mum's I clobbered and I crunched every fabulous run I toiled and I sweated And when the day was done I'd made a hundred in the backyard at Mum's He made a hundred in the backyard at